Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Taken from the introduction from a book that the author is going to be joining us has written. It says, are you uncomfortable in crowds? When someone whispers angrily, do you feel like they're shouting? Do you find that the only way you can be happy is make sure that everyone else around you is happy first? Have you ever been accused of being oversensitive? If so, you may be a psychic empath. And this book is written for you. Welcome, everybody. My name is Daniel Michael, and you're listening to Main Street Universe. Our guest this evening is Catherine Kane, author of a few books, including this one, which is The Practical Empath. And we will be back in just a moment. Join us in our circle. Welcome, Janice. Welcome, Daniel. How's everybody? Doing well, doing well. And last night you were the guest on Selena Fox's radio program. Yes. It was a great, great evening. I I haven't heard it yet, but I will listen to the archive just to make sure we were represented. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, that's good. Glad to see that you're being a guest on some other shows, <clears throat> including some other ones in the future. Yes. So, and you are as well the host of World Reggae Party at Radio Fairfax Public Access. Yes. Thursday nights between 7 and 8 at uh, Radio Fairfax, World Reggae Party with me, Goddess Janice. Awesome. And then I want to Remind everyone about the other shows here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network, starting with this one, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself and associate producer Janice R. White. And we started this one, I guess it's been about four years we've been on the air, right? Yes. 
about four years, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think we did not do like a a year anniversary show. Maybe we'll do an anniversary party a little later. Ah, yeah, that would be a good thing. We didn't skip it. I think we did a a Samhain ritual instead because that's right about when we started. It was right on Halloween. I think our first episode might have been November 1st. But anyway, let's get to the other shows. And that is on Thursday evenings is our rotating show night. And tomorrow night, the return of Jim and Ashley Cash of Woven Green. And they're calling the show Woven Green for now. And they're talking about unity consciousness and bringing people together and how all things are connected, I think, is going to be tomorrow's topic. Pretty broad topic, but in this time of lots of political upheaval, They'll be talking about unification or steps necessary for unification. So it's Jim and Ashley Cash, Woven Green, tomorrow night. And I believe their operating time is 7. If not, I'll get back with people on that and put it on the Main Street Universe page because it is a once-a-month show. There's going to be other once-a-month shows on Thursday and as well on Saturdays. I'll get to that in a minute. But then Friday is Activating Compassion with your hostess, Ms. Jesse Ann equals George. And Jesse is the author of, you could say, four books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook, as well as You, Me, Like Dreams and its companion workbook. And her show times do vary on Friday, so if you follow us, it'll send you an email link. So be sure to check it out and check out Jesse Ann Nichols George every Friday. I think she shoots for doing the show around 8. But again, she's on a book tour, so she has to do the show when she can. Saturdays at his new time at 2 p.m. Eastern. I think, is is your radio on, Janice? Uh, no. Why? I'm hearing my voice coming back through the phone. That's all. I didn't know if there was a something going on or if it's just a technical issue probably with BTR as they often have many. <laughs> but that's okay. I have you on speaker. I have you on no, speaker. No, I don't, I don't so think that was good. It's, it's actually good now. Okay. I don't hear it now. So that's cool. Oh, okay. So anyway, 2 p.m. Eastern time, we have Mr. Darren Bouquer. And Darren's new time is Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Darren is a reader at Marie Lobo's House of Voodoo in the magical city of New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana. Absolutely. And so if you go there and you go to the touristy area of New Orleans, if you go to Reverend Zombies or you go to Marie Lovo's, Darren is a reader of tarot and palmistry and just intuitive readings in general. And he also does readings on his show, so people call in and they get a reading. So check him out. He's a great intuitive consultant, Mr. Darren Bouquer. Or check him out in person at Marie Lovo's House of Voodoo in New Orleans, Louisiana. Again, new time, 2 p.m. And then Sundays, well, Sundays are now free because Darren is no longer on Sundays. So this will become our new host slot, whether it be the rotating host, whether it be a new host altogether. So Sunday is now the available day for new shows. A lot of hosts would like that that's many of them want. Anyway, so Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we have Science of Light 
with your host, Mr. Randy Goldberg. And Randy is a Vedic or Indian or Eastern astrologer, as well as a Western astrologer. He discusses Jungian archetypes, and I believe is part of some Jungian group or institute. So check out Randy Goldberg and his show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Science of Light. Then Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time is Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Miss Susan Weed, the master herbalist. It's basically a half-hour herbal class, and Susan is someone that whenever I want to look up something in herbal medicine, if I want to Google it, or if I want to listen to the show, or whatever the case is, I always trust what she says. She always gets good information, and the things she says works, or they have for me. I've made some of the infusions and things like that with nettle and oat straw, other things, red clover. So check it out, Green Magic, Green Medicine, with your host, Susan Weed. And very glad to have her on the network as well, as well as soon to come will be Janice, our associate producer, is going to be doing a show called Reflections and Rhythms. I guess we'll work out a time for that show because we have a couple of rotating show days and it will be another once-a-month show, as well as every once in a while on a Saturday or on a Sunday, again, rotating once-a-month show. Uh, Mary Phelan, who's already done one, she's returned and done a show a few Saturdays back, so Mary Phelan is back with us once a month on the Main Street Universe Network, as well at a time to be announced in the future. So tonight, our guest is Catherine Kane, and her book, the one she's going to discuss, she's written a few, the one she's going to discuss the most this evening, is called (laughs) Practical Empath. And I'm going to go ahead, I see she's in the queue, I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Catherine. Hi there. Welcome, Catherine. Hey there. Oh, by hey. the way, it's Ka- it's Catherine for official things and covers of books and signing things, but ca- for re- regular use, it's Kathy is fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's 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 the more formal one versus the not. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes, All right. right. Um. So hi. Very good. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, fair to Midland, how are you doing? I could be better, but I could be worse too, as they say. Oh, I hear that, I hear that. Um, things go up, things go down. <laughs> yes. So what can I tell you? Well, can you start um, with questions? Yeah. Well, Kathy and I have met uh, in early November. We were both mm-hmm. at Changing Times, Changing Worlds in um, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and we were on a panel together, <laughs> Sorry. No problem. talking about the, the body-mind connection, and we oh, were yeah. in a tarot card class together. Mm-hmm. Can people hear me? Hello? I can hear you. Hello? Oh, okay. Um, and we started talking together, and I thought it would be a great idea that she'll come on the show and talk about uh, her books. Uh, But tonight's book is the... um, Practical Empath, yes. Practical Empath. I had to go and pull it out. Uh, So we're going to be asking questions about that. Uh, What I want to start off with first 
is what is a impasse for all those think, people who don't know? I think there's a lot of people who who it's easy to get confused. A lot of people hear empath, and what they think about is what I think of as a psychological empath, psychosocial. And when people talk about, from a psychosocial empath, uh, pattern, they talk about an empath, they mean somebody who's very kind and compassionate and feels for you when you have problems. So you have a problem, and a, a, a psychosocial empath is someone who, oh, you feel bad, oh, I feel bad for you too because because I care about people. A psychic empath, on the other hand, um, is something, there's some connections, but it's quite different. Um, a psychic empath is someone whose psychic ability lies in the land of being um, sensitive to other people's feelings and emotional vibes. Mm-hmm. A psychic a psychic empath always knows what other people are feeling um if he or she lets himself let himself or herself um even if they pretend they're feeling something else um and it's a great gift but it's also a pain in the tuchus <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're born with you're born with a gift but you're not born with the skills you need to manage it and if you don't develop those skills um, you end up being overwhelmed by the feelings of other people around you. People may say that you're overly sensitive or that you overreact to things, but truth be told, what it is, other people's emotions, will, emotional energy will come flying across the room and just go into you, um, and it feels like your own emotions. Um, so that can be very overwhelming. Um, it, in the worst-case scenarios, it can make you look like you're manic depressive or something of that sort because you'll be in a perfectly good mood. You'll be fine. You'll be happy. And somebody comes in the room and they're in the bad mood and all of a sudden you're in a bad mood. They don't even have to talk to you and you can't necessarily figure out why. Um, so it's a gift that you need to kind of get a hold of, get get some control over before you can use it to do good things with it, to help yourself and to help other people as well. Is that making sense? That's making sense. Um, because um, from what I had actually read, it's mm-hmm. a, a much stronger feeling than, you know, somebody saying, oh, poor thing, and, you know, I'm going to pray for you, and, and this and that, the other. Um, to oh, me, yeah. what I was reading, it could be a very physical response. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, either pleasure or pain, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, True, but so the, the, pa- the painful ones, though, are, are more more of a, more of the problem there. For years, yeah. I, I was a psychic empath with very little control <laughs> over it, and mm-hmm. for years, my, my theme song was, I want to be happy, but I can't be happy till I make you happy too, dang it, because otherwise, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't be happy unless everybody around me was happy because otherwise their bad mood would overwhelm me. It was like hit, getting hit with an emotional tidal wave. Right. So, and what's worse is there's not a lot of reference out there for people who are psychically empathic, which is a continual source of amazement to me because um, psychic empathy is one of the most commonly uh, expressed ways of psychic reception and projection. Um 
I haven't done a formal study, but from what I've heard, what I've found talking to people and and looking at resources and things of that sort, um, it's the one that people are most likely to experience, other than <coughs> than predicting things through dreams. Um, right. And um, I I don't know, but I personally think that's because most other psychic um, methodologies can make you look a little odd. But if you're a good psychic empath, you just look like a really nice, caring, compassionate person. So it's it's safer to express, um, but it's 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 uncomfortable unless you can have some control over what energy you take in versus what you say. No thanks, I'm not having that. Uh huh. Um, people's negative emotions can be. Um, well, I, the analogy I like to use is from the movie Ghostbusters. You know when they talk about he, he slimed me. Yeah. People's negative negative emotions can be like that, and you have to be able to deal with not being slimed, and being able to get rid of negative other people's negative emotions when you've picked them up. Um, controlling how much you take in, and and being able to use what you've got in in an ethical and positive manner. So there's and there's not a lot of references about that. Uh, which is one of the reasons I wrote my book, because you know, I learned I, a lot of this. I think, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I learned a lot of this stuff the hard way. So why the heck shouldn't you, the rest of you all learn it easier? You can benefit from my 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 hard experiences, if that makes sense. Yes. I when I was reading over your book, I didn't see any other type of book like your book. So you might be the only one, or, or one of the few. There are there are a couple of books out there for about psychic that that touch on psychic empathy, or that give you some resources for that. I'd say other than mine, okay, it's sounding egocentrical as it were. I think mine's a pretty darn good book because I work very hard to make it that way. Other than mine, the ones I've run across is um, Marcy's Cal- Calhoun's. Are you really too sensitive? Which is a great book. Oh, okay. okay. And there's. <laughs> Um, a series of books more recently on psychic empathy. Um, I believe it's Rose Roundtree, um, I, but I only ran across those recently, so the name is not as firmly engraved in my head yet. Um, Actually, I think it's from the D.C. area because there's a lot of different. Um, mm-hmm. When there's a, we have this natural magazine called Pathway mm-hmm. um, that has like Ricky and um, uh, energy work, telekinesis, that sort of thing. Mm. She's in there a lot, so I think that she's somewhere around here. Not necessarily in Washington, D.C., but somewhere in the area. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in so I have cent- a cent- Central, Central East Coast? Yeah. I have another question. Sure. What is energy? Uh, I know that people... I'm a Reiki master myself, um, mm-hmm. and traditional Ashui, and sacred flame, and then steam, which is more of a Egyptian reggae. I'm um, not reggae, Reiki. Um, mm-hmm. But I get asked this question a lot: What is energy? So I thought I would ask you the question. Well, I would say that most energy is the element that most metaphysical and alternative health practices work with um, 
it it kind of ma- everything's made up of the universe. If 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 you want a, an easy to understand analogy, think of the force um, from from Star Wars. It, it's around us. It's in everything. It binds the universe together. Um, and pretty much everything. Um, Eastern medicine has held for years that we're all, everything's up about energy, chi or ki, as depending on where you come from. Um, and um, when we get Western energy was belief more in um, in in things being physical and solid, but as Western science has progressed, we found out that we're all made up of atoms, which are tiny particles held together by a in effect a magnetic matrix which is energy. So energy is kind of a non 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 physical non material force um and by working with energy whether you use reiki, whether you use therapeutic touch, whether you use spells, whether you use um general will or intent, um you can change the shape and change the nature of reality. Um, we're all made up of energy, um, and we're all little tiny particles with a lot of space in between that's filled with the energy. And by working with it, we can make things better or we can make things worse. That's so true. That's so true. I'm also a Reiki uh, Reiki master, and uh, energy is is something very important to me because I've got uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. So at that point, energy becomes a really big concern. Um, chronic fatigue syndrome, you get tired a lot. And if you don't have enough energy going in, you're not going to be able to fulfill everything you need to fulfill. Right? I I find for me one of the mantras I've been working for years is I can do anything I want. I just can't do everything I want. So when it comes to energy, I need to make sure, especially since with with my my various physiological conditions i need to be sure that i'm making good use of my energy um and that i'm putting my energy in the things that matter as opposed to the things that are um in my face um things that are important as opposed to urgent as stephen covey would say mm-hmm. uh, seven habits of highly effective people my candidate for the world's worst book title, but it's got some great information inside of it. <laughs> and uh, one of the things the about... Hmm? What's the name of the book again? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It is a very... It is a business book. Um, and his and his sequel to it, which is one of the seven habits, which is First Things First. First and these these are books that talk about how to accomplish more with your life by making sure you're putting your things your attention on what's important as opposed to what's urgent. There are always fires forest fires to be built beat it out. There are always things that are in your face, do me now, do me now, do me now. But we all have things that we're here to do in life. We all have life missions. And if we waste all our time on things we we're told we should be doing as opposed to doing the things we're here to do, we live a life that's not really satisfying. Um, 
so oh you're taking me philosophically all over the place it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh i enjoy this i will i will yeah. ramble if you let me <laughs> what did you say i will ramble if you let me um oh okay well, I have a couple more questions. So sure, sure. Yes, please. Okay. Um, I looked at some of the questions mm-hmm. that um, you were asking about, like, do crowds, are you uncomfortable in crowds? Oh, yeah. Um, let me get the questions out. I can't remember it off my head. Oh, do yeah. I, I, I think. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Um, are you tuned in or affected by people around you? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have hunches or apprentices about people? Can't explain. Yep. Um, when you trust your feelings, you know who's trustworthy and who isn't. Um, mm-hmm. I did this test, and I got like half yeses and half noes. So is it possible to be half of a um, practical impact? Let me put it this way. It may be um, these are all telltales that psychic you may you may be having psychic empathy or having psychic empathy. You may be a psychic empath. Um, you may not express all of them. You may express some of them and you don't notice. Um, a lot of times uh, I run into people who say, oh, no, I'm not like that, and their friends are going, yes, yes, you are. Um, but it's also worthy of note um, that we are capable of having more than one psychic um, receptive channel, as it were. You can be a clairvoyant and an empath. Um, you can be um, a clairsentient and a clairaudient. Um, and you can also develop any of these skills. Uh, I was grateful <laughs> on that on that. Uh, which is You Are Psychic by Pete Sanders. Um, he's uh, A lot of psychic development books are very fluffy white light, and this is a guy who was formerly at MIT. So this is you an idea. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the one I always recommend to anybody who wants to develop their psychic ability. Um, so if you're getting yeses to half of these questions, what it may be is that you've got some psychic empathy going on and you haven't, you know, you're you're not tapping into it heavily. Um, it's still developmental, or you're not giving it a lot of lot of attention right now. Um, you're not necessarily going to have a, a was it twenty twenty how many uh, thirty out of thirty, um, right. for example. But even if you've got some of those um, some of those uh, elements, um, it's worth thinking about. There's also a mark in your palm which indicates psychic empathy. It's also yeah. worthy of note. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you familiar with palmistry? I know you looked at my palm um, while I was in yeah. Connecticut, and you were saying you're holding some kind of sadness. I don't know if, mm. uh, if you actually checked for that line or not, um, mm. if I don't remember. But Let me I put it up. Go ahead. There is a mark in your hand that indicates psych- psychic empathy. It's called the Girdle of Venus. And anybody who's look who may be listening to this, if you take your, you look at your dominant hand, okay, which is the hand that you eat with. And for those of you who eat with both hands, it's the hand you eat most with. Uh, 
and look at your palm. Look at your palm and look and see if you've got a little ring that goes between the space between your index and middle finger and the space between your ring finger and your pinky. If you've got one there, that's called the girdle of Venus. And it stands for a number of things, including sensuality. But it always appears in the hands of anybody who's psychically empathic. And a lot of times you will see it, and it'll be a little ring, but there'll be a hole busted through it sometime, somewhere in the middle. And these are the people who consciously or unconsciously have this psychic gift of psychic empathy and have shut it down. And people can do that without even realizing they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of stuff it in the closet mentally because um, it's uncomfortable to um, experience or it's uncomfortable to think about. Um, and um, at that point, you'll see a break in that girdle of Venus. Um, that's another way of knowing if you're a psychic empath. And yet another sign of a psychic empath is if you're what they call if your body type is what you, they call an apple. If you've got round that in the middle, if, yeah, yeah, me, you and me both. Um, you've got yeah. that round, that round, that extra weight right in, right in the right in the tummy that you just can't seem to lose no matter what you do. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. The receptives, um, each different kind of psychic reception has a different part of the body where the as where the signals come in. Um, the one for the empaths is in the abdomen, solar plexus. Um, that's you hear phrases like butterflies in my stomach or gut feeling. Those are empath phrases. Okay. Um, and when you're a psychic empath and you don't have good enough control of your how much energy you take in, you tend to put on some weight in that area and keep it because fat will slow down the signals and help to insulate you from what's coming in too fast and is overwhelming. It's, this is not to say everybody who's an apple is also a psychic empath, but if you find you're, you're really kind of cute into people's feelings and emotional vibes, if you're hard to fool unless you wanna um unless you wanna be fooled um and if you've got that, those extra pounds right there in the front, it's worth thinking about um, is that making sense that's making sense um, i know i'm 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 a round little apple, so you know um, i'm extreme i'm an extremely psychic empath um or a sensitive empath, and it took me years to get the skills I needed to be able to have some good control over it. Um, uh, and that was that was very important to me because having other people's emotions pounding in you all the time is very overwhelming, yeah. and it's exhausting. Um, yeah. So it definitely drain you. Mm. So, but I, oh, yes. I looked oh. up of Venus while you were talking, and I don't think I have one. But I could probably uh, take a picture of my palm and, and send it to you on Facebook. But, um. That's a possibility. Make sure when you do that that your hand is in a relaxed, somewhat cupped position. Okay. Don't, like, tense the fingers back so, like, they're bending backwards because that tenses towards the lines. 
It's also worthy of note that even if you don't have it now, as a palmist, one of the things that happens is your hand changes as you change who you are and where you're going in life. So you may not have it now, but six months from now you may have it. Just a point of interest. Okay, cool. Because what I was um, going to say, the question, do you cry easily? You know, I didn't cry at all. We didn't cry that much. So mm. after my father had died, then mm. it seems like, you know, um, something uh, emotional happens. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the, the waterworks come out. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Well, everybody cries. Everybody cries sometimes, um, and there's perfectly appropriate times to be crying. Um, but an empath may find herself tearing up more easily, um, among other things, because when people people may talk to you in a a uh, what people consider to be a regular tone of voice. But if they've got a lot of emotion in back of it, it may sound like, feel like they're shouting at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things. That, that's one of the signs I, I, I ask people if they're wondering about that. Um, so I have a few more questions. Oh please! <laughs> I love questions. Oh. Okay. Can you control your empathic nature at all? Can you Say control again, it? Please? Can you control Can you control, take, can you control mm-hmm. your empathic nature at all? Can you control oh, it? Oh yeah. Basically? Oh yeah, but there are there are techniques you need to learn to to do it. Um the most immediate and important one is you need to have good what I call good energetic shields. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, this is something you learn in a lot of metaphysical and pagan circles about having shields to protect you from negative energy. But in this particular case, uh, you're making shields with the intention of um, stopping emotion, other people's emotional energy before it gets to you um, so you can choose what to let in and what not to let in. It's kind of like locking the back, locking the door to your house, you know. You don't want anybody yeah. barging into your in, into your into your energy field without any permission. Um, and people will do that without realizing they're doing it. Mm-hmm. The most immediate thing um, are shields. And the basic technique for developing shields, it, or the most simple technique, is when you anytime you got a moment or five, you close your eyes. Not while you're driving, of course. And oh, yeah. you picture, your, picture yourself surrounded by light. Left of you, right of you, front of you, behind you, over your head, and under your feet. So you're kind of like an egg of light. And okay. what color of, color of light it should be is up to you. The classic traditional forms will say it should be white, because white is the highest and purest and most wonderful and contains all the other colors. I say choose whatever darn color makes you feel comfortable and safe. If you like blue, nice. If you like pink, good. If you like plaid, I'm for it. Um, And as you do this, you do something called setting an intent. And setting an intent is just a fancy-schmancy metaphysical term for setting a goal for what this 
bubble of light is going to do for you. And the intent you set is you just think that when other people's emotional energy comes flying across a room at me, as opposed to going into my body and feeling like my own emotions, they will stop at the edge of my shields, like a bug on a windshield, and I'll be able to look up and say, oh, okay, that person, she says she's not upset, but it feels like she really is upset. Maybe I need to talk to her privately. Or that guy, that guy wants me to sign the contract, and he says it's all good, but he's not feeling quite trustworthy, so maybe I should read the fine print again. Um, that Setting an intent for your shields like that um, gives you shields that will keep you from being battered by other people's emotions, but still use, let you use the gift for what it is, a way of getting useful information so you can make more informed choices. Um, and there are, there are variations on that and ways of adjusting that. Um, but if you do uh, one minute here, three minutes there, five minutes there, ten minutes there, um, of picturing this light around you, you'll find as time goes along, your shields will get a little bit thicker, and you'll be able to perceive what's going on without being overwhelmed by it. It's kind of like those old-fashioned museums where they have to dip the candles it's the same kind of deal. Ah, okay. We're laying on layers of energy there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think the intent, you can, if you want to, set a shield so you won't be able to perceive other people's emotional energy at all. But I think it's probably better to have the ability to look without um, being battered, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, um, this is why I'm the practical. This is why I'm the practical empath, as opposed to the the the, the fluffy white light uh, empath. Yes, yes, yes. Because it seems like on TV and movies and the whatnot, you see all these fluffy white empaths, and they're like, well, you know, praying their piss pixie dust, and like, everything is white light, and uh. everything is, and I would feel like a practical empath doesn't have that type of. No, if 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 you if you have a gift, you want to be able you want to be able to use it, hopefully in a way that's useful and and ethical and good for you and everybody around you. Um, and I'd like to add that if you use, say, the chakras as an example mm-hmm. of a color spectrum to use, it's considered that violet is the most powerful because it, it's the high, you know, it's the the crown chakra. Mm-hmm. Color, so that could be maybe a good one for a shield. Like nothing really bad could penetrate a violet um, shield. I mean, I mean, that's one way to look at it. That or, that would be one good choice. But honestly speaking, I kind of think it, if it works that way, it would work that way because that's what you believed about it. If that sure. makes sense. And that's what I meant. I meant it as yeah. Yes, we're both calling now. <laughs> I I I think I think. I think intent um, is the core. Uh, will and intent is the is, and focus is the core of all metaphysics. And as, when we choose goals and we hold them firmly in mind, that's when we get to shape the energy around us and alter reality in little ways or big ones. I agree. Um, uh, did, did you have another question, Janice? Yeah. Um. Well, I think you answered why we why you should shield. Well, 
why you should control it. So I mm-hmm. wanted to go into some definitions. And the first one is law of similarity. Similarity. Mm. Law of similarity. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. The law of similarity holds that one thing that is similar to another thing, what you do want to that one of those things will affect the other things. Which pretty much says it. You know? If you have two things that are similar or connected, what you do to one of these things will have an effect on the other thing. So, for example, one good example of that is feng shui, um, where when you work on um, your house, it affects your life because you and your house are connected. Um, if that makes sense? That makes that's, sense. That's also <laughs> how the classic Hollywood voodoo doll is supposed to work. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you will note I yeah. say classic Hollywood. Um, yes, because that's all it is, is classic Hollywood. Exactly, no exactly. at all. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, 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 it's, but it's an analogy that most people, when you say that, most people understand what you're talking about. Yes. It's it's got enough circulation yeah. that people say, oh, okay, I understand that. And what you think about it, the, even the newer uh, movies about voodoo, as opposed mm-hmm. to the religion, which is Fudan, is, yeah, you know, exactly. has a doll that's supposed to look like them, even though I have yet to see any doll that looks like somebody, you know, to a T or something, mm. and sticking the pin in it or whatever. And getting a, a response from the actual person. My so, guess would be if 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 that works ever at all, it's because the doll serves as a focus for the person to concentrate their intention on. Right. Um, it's 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 a way to help a person focus. Um, mm-hmm. And you can as usually use a candle flame as a focus or. Um, a really stubborn habit of focus, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um, in fact, some of it is a confusion because European witchcraft, in <laughs> fact, does use a poppet pop doll. Exactly. And they actually, well, at least some of the stuff I've read, it's used for healing. You stick the needles into the part of the body that's meant to be healed, and then you focus and throw energy into those needles into the part of well, the body. Well, one analogy for that is I'm a Reiki master, and one of the things we were taught to do for distance healing, if you need to work on somebody who's at a long distance away, is we use a teddy bear. Yes, yes, I have um, done that myself. I have a teddy bear that I used um, for energetic diagnosis of a friend of mine who was a truck accident in Texas. Hmm. And and I was able to detect that he had more problem problems, um, uh, brain injury problems than his doctors down there were able to find. And gosh, didn't I feel foolish calling our friend who was down there with him and saying, "Have him check again." But but worked out, yeah. Um, so 
And so, yeah, you can use you can use a the law of similarity. You can use a poppet. You can use a teddy bear. You can use a picture of someone as a way of connecting with that person's energy. And I suppose you could use it for bad things, but I wouldn't do that because um, that's not who I am. Um, right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a cancer leader husband, a minister's daughter and, 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 and I'm I'm just the slave of duty. Born in the year of the dog, I'm just sad with service. Uh, <laughs> You're good. Uh, but uh but uh, you know, it's not my not how my mama raised me. Um so, so um But people but, say they will but say you can't also use it for good. <laughs> right. People say what? Well people will say, Oh, well, you know, um, about they use these terms like black magic, white magic. I don't, I don't really like those terms very much. To me, it's all just metaphysics, energy manipulation, magic, whatever term you're comfortable with. And it's up to the user whether or not it's. You could use the same exact technique for fertility, or do the same exact technique for to kill somebody. I I think it's your intention. Some, I think there's some value to the terms, less because they're saying that this this technique is always bad or always good, right. and more because it gives you a designation for this is a technique that is being used to harm, or this is a technique that's being used to build up or heal. And so, I, understand, so it's, I understand that. In, in some practices, not, of course, such as maybe Reiki. Like I've never heard of yeah. any. I've never heard of quote dark Reiki, for example. <laughs> Maybe it's out there. I, I don't. Never... I have. Uh, I, yeah, I have. There is a. It's not called dark Reiki, but um, there's a uh, Lords of Karma or something, or Karmetic Reiki, <coughs> or. Mm-hmm. Uh, Using the the symbols in a reverse way, um, oh. which when I have went to, um, learn every day. Yeah, that 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 would be something that I I I kind of wonder how that's going to work out for them. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wonder how that's going to work out for them too, because um, when you're doing a treatment on somebody. And God, I need a Reiki treatment. Send me some Reiki, Catherine, when you get off the phone. <laughs> um, but when you're doing a Reiki treatment on somebody and um, you're right with them, you know, your hands and you're talking mm-hmm. to them or whatever, um, how are you going to get that to reverse? And, and why would you want it to to reverse? Or why, I don't. Because you're doing it, uh, whether if you're doing it, you know, right with the person or if you're doing it distantly, you know, you're putting, it's universal energy, but you're the um, conduit doing it. So you're involved in it. I was going to say, what happens to the conduit if you're doing it negatively? Okay, first of all. That's what I'm trying to say. I've got one one example that might apply to that. Okay. I've got one student um, who is of the opinion I, and I've told him this is wrong <coughs> that he is entitled to use Reiki on people without their permission indeed 
when they don't want it. Right. Um, which which that's that's bad juju, uh, you know. And he is also um, he is the only person I know who has done Reiki on a crystal and cracked the crystal. Wow. Um, Reiki by itself cannot do harm. My guess, though, would be that he's probably consciously or unconsciously combining it with something else. Because mm. Reiki works and plays nicely with other children. Yeah. If that makes sense. So that might be how your 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 lords of karma, dark dark Reiki dudes, are making things happen. Um, it's also worth noting, though, that this guy is also of the opinion that he can only advance as a healer through suffering. Right. So every time he has um, a Reiki attunement, um, he comes down with, he has an accident or he comes down with some fearsome disease the doctors can't diagnose or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've i tried to tell him, I've tried to say to him, see, here are all my other hundreds of students who do not have the same problem. He's like, no, 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 to advance you must, you must suffer. Um, and and okay. I, I cannot... I cannot confuse him with the facts. Um, so to right. a certain point, at at that point, I have to leave him to do the best he can, and hopefully he will, I've done what I can to try and install a seed of information, and hopefully he will, in time, have a light bulb go off. I would guess that if somebody's doing harm with Reiki, they're not actually doing harm with Reiki. What they're doing is they're doing Reiki but they're also sending something else using their intent along with it. Either that or they're just kidding themselves that they're doing anything in the first place. Right, and, and that goes back to what I said before, that it's about the intent of the user versus exactly. black art or, quote, white art, or, and, and, and all these definitions, but I think we've covered some of that. And it, it, that's actually going to bring me into one of my yeah. questions, and I think sure. it's a way to that. And that is that in your book, you mentioned, just as we were talking mm-hmm. maybe a little bit about, I was in this debate recently with a woman I, I deeply respect. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about the permission thing. And this was mm-hmm. just general magic being used on someone, even if possibly mm-hmm. their permission. And mm-hmm. um, like they might not be ready to receive the energy properly. They haven't opened up to it. And I'm a, a kind of in that Court. I believe that the person should ask for or have shown a receptivity to asking for it. Say maybe they can't physically ask for it, but they've said, hey, if something happens, feel, you know, feel free like you're the, you think they would be okay with it. But, but so, so as part of that debate, mm-hmm. I think there was, a, there was a part of your book that, where you mentioned ethics and manners, psychic ethics mm-hmm. and manners, and I wonder... Mm-hmm. Comment further on that. Simplest, simplest version. When you're psychic, my mother raised me. When I go to visit people's houses, I don't go through their medicine cabinets because it's not nice. And if I'm not going to go through their medicine cabinets, I'm not going to go through their their brains and their psyches and their emotions too. Um, same kind of thing. It's one thing. If you're an empath, especially if you're an unshielded empath, certain people's emotions are so loud. They shout, and you can't and you can't help hearing that. 
but you don't <coughs> want to go you don't want to go rooting around unless somebody asks you to. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to Reiki, I I I was when my teacher taught that we should always ask um, ask permission. And I've come to learn that, yeah, there are sometimes people have an illness or an injury because consciously or unconsciously they need it for some reason. There's something that they get through having it. There's something that they need to learn that this is here to teach them. There's something they're not ready to let go of yet. Um, And my, my generalized term for that is good and proper reasons. And good or pro- good and proper reasons is code for. I may not agree with your reasons, but it's your life. It's your reasons. I have to respect that. Um, I've been in situations where, with people who are so self-sacrificing, that the only time they feel good about taking care of themselves is when they're sick. Hmm. And so, and so they develop a chronic illness because it's their body's desperate way of trying to keep them from working themselves to death. And I've had have, some people. Excuse me. Okay, uh, I was saying, and to have them focus on themselves, it's saying, wait, you're supposed to focus on us too. <laughs> us exactly. Yes. You need yes. to. You need to love yourself. You need to nurture yourself. That's a real problem for for empaths, for psychic empaths. Yes. We, our 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 gift, unless we get some control and balance in our lives, our gift is really focused on helping other people because that's the only way we can feel comfortable, you know. Um, and therefore, one of the lessons for a psychic empath is to be able to control how much emotional energy they take in. But another lesson is how to be able to balance the needs of others with their own needs. Um and these are useful lessons. They are they are valuable lessons, um, and they are darn hard to learn. <laughs> speaking yeah. from experience. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, I've ha- I've had people who who have an illness or an injury because the only time they get attention from the people they love is when they're sick, and so they don't consciously set out to become an invalid, but their health goes downhill. Yeah. Because so they can get that. Yeah. I have, I've had people who develop injuries or illnesses because they need to slow down and stop with so much busy work and actually look at what's important in their lives. They need time to think, to contemplate, to examine their life as opposed to just race through it. Um, it's, life is not just about arriving, it's about the journey. And a lot of people are missing the journey because they're so busy getting there. You know? yeah. um, so there's a lot of good and proper reasons um, why... I may do Reiki and it may work temporarily well and then the, then the illness or the injury comes back. Um, and at that point, you need to look at, okay, what might this you be getting out of this illness or injury um, and how can you get it some other way? Is there a lesson you need to learn? Well, we can if you can learn it, then we can let go of this illness. Do you need love? Do you need nurturing? Do you need to nurture yourself? Do you need other people to take care of you as opposed to you always taking care of them? Well, maybe we need to see how we can make that happen. Um, I've seen um, Reiki do amazing, fantastic 
startling things, and I've seen Reiki be a temporary Band-Aid when I know it's capable of more because that pe- those people have some other things going on that need to be resolved before they can let this illness or injury go. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the hardest things to. ever. Uh-huh. Excuse and me? they need to resolve it themselves before they start adding, like, Reiki and other things. They need I to really... I won't necessarily go that far. Sometimes, okay, okay when, you've, when you've got a severe illness or injury, it's like being trapped under a collapsed circus tent. The canvas is too heavy to lift for yourself, but if somebody will lift up the edge, then you can crawl out from under it, and then once you're out from under it, you can start folding up the tent together. Right. Sometimes they need the Reiki to lift the edge of the tent. Um so that they can get a little bit of energy, so they can get a little bit of space where they can actually say, hey, I see what's going on here. Because being ill, being injured is, is exhausting, and it takes up a lot of your yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and going back to the permission question on permission thing, yeah. I was trained, my Reiki master trained me that you should always ask for permission. There are certain exceptions, but there's also rules for that too. One of the things that she taught me was that if you've got somebody that you can't directly ask for for, for permission, um, it's okay for me to ask for permission to do it. Um, she said you can you can close your eyes and meditate and contact their higher self and ask their higher self for permission. And I must admit, at first I thought, oh, that sounds like a cop up. That sounds like a so easy whole so easy excuse that sort of thing. And then I had. One time, I, I had a friend who's, he's a nice guy underneath. He's heart of purest marshmallow, but on the outside, he is sharp and crunchy. He is the curmudgeon's curmudgeon. Um, and he was having some problems with emotional outbursts um, to the point where he was getting out of control. He was violent to his surroundings. Still a nice guy, but he would lose it really badly, and he needed help really badly. And he wasn't somebody you could ask directly because you weren't sure when he was going to fly off the handle. So I thought, oh, I will do this this higher self thing. <laughs> so I closed my eyes and I meditated. And I saw 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 him in my meditation and I said, you know, I see you're having some problems. I'd like to offer you some Reiki. Can I give you some Reiki? And he said, no. And I, 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 I lunged backwards out of my meditation, found myself tipping halfway out of the seat because the force was so much. And I said, Oh my gosh, that was for real. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess not. Um, so I went on, and every couple of months I I do it again, and um, and I still get a no. So I was like, okay, respect, <laughs> just checking in every now and again. And after about six months, um, I got a reaction. Instead of getting a no, I got a. Um, a reaction where where his higher self said, "Oh well, if you must," and right. which compared to compared to a violent no, that was a, that was pretty much a, a, a gleaming reference. So I went ahead and did some Reiki, and his 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 emotional ups and downs smoothed out a lot. Um, but that taught me that no, that's that's not a crock, that's not a cop out, that's an actual legitimate technique. So I'll use that sort of thing when I've got somebody who's unconscious, for example or who's nonverbal and can't verbally give consent. Yeah. Um 
I will not take I will not take permission from like spouses or beloveds or thing like that because they don't we don't always want the same thing our, our beloveds want unless the unless the other the partner is unconscious. Um but I will take permissions from parents for children that are under their care. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So for example when you when you see out when you see one of those things that goes out on Facebook, um, so and so is in the in the hospital. My husband's in the hospital. Please send Ricky and that sort of thing. I will privately email the person and ask them to have their hus- their spouse send me a little email that so they get permission. Um, okay. Well, you and I we're on the same page mm-hmm. with this. Um, I, this lady Ooh. said, and again, I mean this out of utmost respect to someone I respect and, and like. Mm-hmm. She said, well, sometimes someone else needs to be the jump start for them, and they don't realize it. I'm like, but sometimes that's what the injury is, is the is the jump start, is the lesson. Mm-hmm. And so we were just having this debate out, you know, at the local New Age store. <laughs> and, I, I, um, I, I think it's yeah. really easy when we're, we're healers and become a little more enlightened and we get all these wonderful energetic tools and that sort of thing. You, you see, see, you, oh, you've got these great tools, and the world's got broken things and broken people, and you can fix them. And right. we forget <laughs> that it's not my life. It's not my job to fix you or to yeah. fix you or to tell you how to live your life. I'm a professional psychic. I do readings. And it's my job to give people information, but it's not my job to tell them how to live their lives. Right. Um, it's just my job to give them the information to empower them to live their own lives. Um, so, and I I think there are some some psychic readers who lose track of that. They're so impressed with. Let me show you how what a wonderful reader I am that yeah, they forget. Let me show you how to do that. This. Let me show you how to do that. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Would you like? I'm I'm a lot of. Well, this is what I'm seeing, and would you like to know more about this? And I, I watch the body language for when people are getting overwhelmed because that's the point where you need to slow down or stop because not everybody can take everything in all at once. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, this has been a fast hour. Yes. Um, yes. It is now 9.02, and we want to respect your time. So we I I purposely booked the show for an hour and a half. Oh, okay. If you want to talk more, I'm good. Uh, we can talk a little longer. That's fine. Talk and I longer. do that in, yeah. case, in case the conversation is flowing, then mm-hmm. I don't have to suddenly jump in and go, wait a minute, can't stop. Ah. You know, I don't have to do all that kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> Get off the air. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have the, a question. Go ahead, Janice. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um, and I hope I wrote it right because um, mm-hmm. I was writing it down in a hurry. But. <laughs> Uh, does being an energy worker or working with energy help the empath focus less on others? Or uh, does energy work help the empath work uh, focus more on others? Like basically, um, do you use energy work for you to um, be, be more selective in, in the help? Well, well, yes and no. Um, I don't use Reiki to help me um, 
use my use my my empath- empathic gift better. Although sometimes when I'm doing Reiki, I will also connect empathically. Okay, um, I do use other kinds of energy work. For example, the shields that I was just talking about earlier t- this evening, those are energy work. Um, there are other ways and techniques that we you know of of controlling how much energy. Um, you take in at one time um, uh, based on, um, among other things, how, what you eat, um, how you stand, <laughs> you know, um, how you hold your arms. Um, that can help you control how much that energy goes, energy goes into you as opposed to how much it bounces off you, like, like you're Superman and it's bullets. Um, and I do use energy work. I use lots of grounding techniques um, to ground out negative ener- energy, emotional energy, um, whether it be somebody else's emotional energy that slimed me or whether it's a do-it-yourself affair and I've just got a bad mood because I've got a bad mood. Um, so I'll use that kind of energy work to help with the control. Um, but the the healing energy work, the Reiki, the acupressure, things of that sort, seem to be separate items in my toolkit, as it were. Okay. Um, I've got like the Felix the Cat bag, and I've got all kinds of things in there because I'm 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 just perpetually fascinated by the universe. This brings. Ah. <coughs> Denise. Mm-hmm. And these exercises will help you um, basically control some of the. Um, I guess motions um, in helping others, like calm it down somewhat. So you're not like, um, let's put it this way: like if you're going to a football game, like the Ravens were playing, and mm-hmm. you were going to their game. Well, you know, a couple things are going to happen. There are going to be a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Going to be a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be the, the football struggle in front of you, so to speak, even though it's not really a struggle. <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of people with a lot of energy. So you will use some of these um, exercises to help you go through the game so you won't be picking up on everybody's little energies while you're there. I would that use, first of all, yeah. I would yeah. use, first of all, I'd use shielding, okay? okay? And frankly, I think of different levels of shields. They're the kind of shields I was talking about the other uh, earlier uh, were your basic everyday shields, but you can also build um, a heavier level of shields th- with the intention that it's going to pop up um, when you automatically, when you find yourself in the midst of severe emotional stress. Because if it doesn't pop up by the time you've noticed somebody's blowing up around you, it's a little too late and you're overwhelmed. I, I think of that as kind of the shields up captain level. Uh, and um, so I use shields. Um, I would position myself so that I was not in the middle of people if I could if I could avoid it. Um, I put myself on an aisle. Um, if I was getting overwhelmed, I might go to the bathroom and just to get out of the middle of the crowd for a little while. I might use a grounding technique like washing my hands with the intention that the water is going to carry away some of the negative energy. Um, and I would put myself in a position that if things got too overwhelming, I could leave. 
Okay. Um, for example, I find the casinos. Uh, when I go to the casinos, the oh, minute I go in there, yeah, they're overwhelming. The minute I go in there, the clock starts ticking. My husband and I ring, 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 don't ring, ring, don't right. gamble that much. And when we go to the casino, we, if we go to the casinos, we're usually going to like shop or eat or something like that, or go to a show. And he knows when we go go in there, the clock starts ticking because casinos are not happy places. They're they're full of very desperate people. If you if you sit sit on sit down at a casino for a while and watch people go by, there's very few people smiling. Um, yeah. And I have seen so, that. Yeah, so, so, so so what what we do is 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 when we go like if we go to cause for a restaurant that's only available in the casino we will uh know that th- this is a temporary thing i can only stay under so long and when i get too overwhelming and my skin starts to itch we leave same thing for the malls at christmas time um i love christmas i am christmas i am santa's favorite elf um but the closer you get to christmas the more the malls, the less the malls are full of people who are thinking about, oh, these wonderful people, I want to do something special for them. And the more, more the malls are full of people who are desperate that they have to buy something for somebody they don't really like anyway, and they can't find the right thing. Yeah. So I tend to do, I tend to try and get as much of my Christmas stuff done early as early as possible. So when we get to the Christmas season, we can go to the malls, we can look at the beautiful ornaments, we can buy a thing or two, and then we can leave. Um, because I know that for prolonged exposure, that's not going to be comfortable. If that's making sense. And yeah. Well, my thing is that... Black Friday. I I oh, had worked a couple Black Fridays uh, when I really needed the money, and that's mm-hmm. never going to happen again uh, because the the kind of crazed energy of Black Friday is all over it, whether it be somebody buying something or somebody um, checking something out so somebody can buy it. It's all over it, and it's sick, and it's dirty, and it's just not a place you want to do. Then when you I add think, the – go ahead. Then when you I, add the craziness – oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think a lot depends – working it, I could see, would be really uncomfortable because there are going to be a lot of desperate um, – intense people involved. I I do a certain I I shop a certain amount of Black Friday and I kind of enjoy it. Um because I've done the ones where you get up, you know, you're up like at 3 a.m. standing in line to be the first ones in into Target or whatever. Um and there's kind of a fellow feed, feel, uh fellowship out there in the line in the cold. We were making jokes and stomping our feet and that's not bad. Um we did Black Friday, and we toured a, cu- a couple of stores that had some really good specials. We went, we bought what we wanted, we left. Um, it's harder if you're working and you can't leave because there are going to be people coming through who are not happy because they're testing their bodies, um, as it were. Um, but, there, yeah, there's, there's certain environments that you know are going to be <laughs> problematic. Um, and so... Honest, honest and true, until you get good shields or you have good protection so that you have control of how much energy is coming in, the best thing you can do is if somebody's blowing up or having an emotional tizzy or otherwise putting out emotion that's overwhelming to you, the best thing you can do if that's going on is to leave. You know? <laughs> Just cut out, go to the bathroom. 
oh, yes, I forgot. There's something I must do elsewhere, maybe in another state. Um, Right. Not that we're we're cowards, but that you don't have to stand there and put up with it um, for the most part. Um, And if you have no choice, things like shields, things like body positioning, um, and a lot of the other stuff I talk about in the book, these are ways of controlling if you cannot leave. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the thing when they talk about, you know, personal self-defense, same kind of thing. You know, if you want to keep from fighting on the schoolyard, the best thing you could do is just cut right out. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, not go on the schoolyard when they're wanting to beat you up, basically. Exactly, exactly. The easiest way of avoiding getting in a big fight in the schoolyard is just not go there. Or if things look like they're getting lively, well, leave. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, is that helpful? Yeah. All right. Very helpful. And I wanted to um, have um, one one point that I've had this in conversation before Hmm. and thought I would just bring it up since we are talking about empaths. And I was curious about how either amazing or difficult it would be if someone who was very empathically, psychic empath, was also someone that thought that they were a psychic vampire. Oh, that happens. Indeed, there there are points in my life where I've been like that. Um, I've got, as I said, I've got chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. And sometimes when my energy goes out from under me, because as if the the two things were not bad enough, I am also a type A personality <laughs> mm. with a ten with a tendency to twa- want to do five impossible things before breakfast. Well, maybe not before breakfast. I'm not a morning girl, but you know. Uh, right. Okay. So, and there are some times where I stretch my boundaries, which is good, um, but then I stretch them too far, and. I, my 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 body will start to unconsciously draw energy without me actually looking for it. Um, we can tell this is going on because um, my husband, who is also metaphysically active and very uh, understanding, um, will say, "You're sucking." <laughs> I say, "Oh, sorry," and and I'll I'll knock it down. Or sometimes we'll see. Um, this happens more with him than with me, but sometimes with me too. <clears throat> Sometimes if my body is, is the energy is going out from under it, and I, I and I'm desperate for energy, and I don't realize it. Um, as we drive down the street, the street lights will go out. Hmm. Which is, it's like okay, need a nap. <laughs> don't necessarily right. feel like I need a nap, but I evidently need a nap anyway. <laughs> well, that'd be I've heard of stories before where things get drained, <laughs> light. Mm-hmm. I guess it, now I'm talking about energy from a metaphysical standpoint. Oh yeah. You use energy but, batteries either. What I mean is either envisioned ones like a ball of energy or pillars in the corners of rooms, or do you like candles? Do you do things like that? I don't use those particular techniques, um, which and no harm, no foul to them. Um, but I don't. I don't do those. But part of it may be because. I come from a slightly different spiritual path. I'm I'm a metaphysical Christian. Oh, okay. Um, oh. My, 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 
Yeah, my my husband's a Wiccan neo-pagan shaman. I'm a metaphysical Christian. We're a mixed mixed religion household. We're like a sitcom waiting to happen. Uh, okay, we're kind of an interfaith network in some ways ourselves. And in fact, our old co-host Brett Hillman is a is a Christian a deacon. And it was always good to hear that with the Bible. And he he studied it for years. And he's just if someone called about something biblically related, he was usually pretty good with with um, translation and stuff like that. And he he might actually be returning for one of our once a month shows, which I think oh would that'd be, be lovely. Good. Yeah. So we've had before, you know, the the Christian pagan combination on on the Wednesday mm. show for actually for quite a quite a good while we did until he finally just you know he's busy and going to school and had to go. Mm-hmm. But that brings me to I think I just have one more question, and sure. now that we've got all these things and. And then, of course, the vampire question. I just had to ask because I've discussed that with people before, and I just kind of put. I don't. This. I don't do it intentionally, but I have been known to do it non-intentionally right. when I've stretched myself too far. And now, I would like to go because we've talked about some of the problems, some of the the pain, mm-hmm. and discuss the positives. Like, how can being a psychic empath, specifically, versus like you're saying, the psychological one. Improve your life. What are a few ways that it can actually, once you get a hold of it, can really be a good thing? Well, I first of all, I find it's very groovy for being um, basically a person who helps people find common ground. I think of it as being kind of like a translator. I'm really good at getting people motivated, at getting people to work together. To under because among other things, my empathic gift helps me to understand when people are on different sides of things, where they're mm-hmm. coming from, and help people find. See, but you've got this in common with you, and if you and you did this together, you could you could both get a little bit of what you want. I'm good at helping people find what's special and powerful and unique and beautiful about them. Um, and my empathic gift helps me with that. I'm help, I'm good at. Um, I find when I do I do readings. I'm I'm a professional psychic. I do uh, palmistry and I Ching currently. Okay. And when I when I I find many people will sit down to talk with me or get a reading with me or talk about things they never thought they'd talk about with anyone because they can tell that I am kind and respectful and have their best interests at heart. I'm not just a receptive empath. I'm a projective empath as well, um, which means I not only take in other people's emotional energy, but I can put out emotional energy, not to force people to feel it, but so that other people can feel it. Um, I find it's really good for public speaking and performance art. Um, It's lovely to be able to sing not only with your voice but also with your spirit. Um, I've, you've probably got a lot of empaths around you. If you've got the person in your in your your office who um, is the one that smooths over the problems and helps people make up and 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 not fight. If you've got the one who's always keeping an eye on people and taking care of the people who are who have needs 
or who who may get overlooked, that person's probably an empath. Mm. An empath can be a really powerful tool for bringing people together and also for helping people see how special they are. Also, if you're a projective empath, um, you can put out energy, emotional energy, for a number in a number of different ways. So, for example, I've <laughs> talked about putting out the energy of I'm here to help you and you're safe with me, which is what I do when I'm doing readings. Um, but also, if you're like walking through a bad neighborhood, you can put out the energy, I am not prey. Hmm. Um, put out the I energy work- of what? Excuse me? Put out the energy Just, of what? I am not prey. You do not uh, want to mess yeah. with me. Um, yeah. I worked for quite a number of years with a lot of severely and profoundly retarded um, children and adults, and I always had better connections with most of my most of my clients, a majority of whom were nonverbal, because we were communicating on another level. Um, I would I rarely had problems with the aggressive clients. Um, I rarely got attacked, and I was usually able to get help not to force clients into things, but to get clients to cooperate um, with do something that was in their best interests as well as everybody else's best interests. And that's yeah, an empathic that's, t- skill too. That's something that I'm pretty good at at work, and I work in construction, <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. you know, part of my mission in life is to get out of construction because <laughs> I'm 43 years yeah. old. It's exhausting and cold <laughs> And uh, but I'm pretty good at calming people down when they get all mm-hmm. fired up. People usually turn to me to like help calm down arguments on the job a lot. And I shouldn't be surprised. To work with me because they think I communicate clearly with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that some of my strong suits at work are, if you know what I mean, kind of like a different. Yeah, exactly. Clear. I find. Empaths, once they get a handle, especially once they get a handle on their 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 gift, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, make great translators. Um, and they sometimes need a little bit of extra space, um, but they're worth it um, because they're going to make set. You know, if they're if if they're secure in themselves, they're going to make sure that everybody else is feeling good about themselves too, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so it can definitely have advantages. Oh yeah, I I I wouldn't trade it for the world, and and it's also good because it means that you cannot be fooled unless you want to be fooled. Mm-hmm. And that's an important point. Any any empath is still capable of of deny, of denying the truth because we're all as capable of deluding ourselves as the rest of the people. But it means that it's harder for people to to fool you. And whether they're trying to fool you because they're trying to cheat you, whether they're trying to fool you because they they don't want to hurt your feelings, or they're feeling insecure. Right. Sometimes you need to know that, and and an empath can know that, which can be frustrating as as hell. If if the person, if you you if you just want to talk to them straight, don't try and uh, don't try and kid me, and the person's not ready to talk straight yet. But you still got the information, and that's useful. Right. And I guess my last statement will be, it's about, we have about seven minutes left. Okay. 
you said metaphysical Christian. It reminds me of the the Gnostic Christians. If you're familiar, <laughs> you know, and they were the they're you they're in history was a group of Christians that that believed in uh, metaphysical things. And in fact, <laughs> danger to themselves mm-hmm. was they believed that there wasn't really a need for the church. <laughs> But they believed in metaphysical practice and that the Christ mm-hmm. story was maybe both real as well as a metaphor for themselves. They believed in, mm-hmm. you know, getting into trance-like and meditative states. That they were basically wiped out. <laughs> but but well, did you, early did you, Christianity was, was actually very much like that. It was a very metaphysical uh, mm-hmm. combination of things. So I, I actually think it's a, it's, it's a fascinating story and a fascinating path. But... I would like to say to everybody here, this is Catherine Kane we've been talking to, and where can they find your book? Uh, I put a link My- to your one of your sites on this show page, but maybe you can say where's the best and easiest way to get practical impact. Basically, um, you can find my book. The full name of the book is The Practical Empath, Surviving and Thriving as a Psychic Empath. Um, you can find my book on lulu.com, L-U-L-U dot com, which is my print-on-demand company. You can also find it on Amazon and on barnesandnoble.com. Um, I'm listed both those places. And the new book is still in the process of coming up there. I hope it's, hope it's getting there shortly, but it take, the process takes a little while. Um, you can also find my website, Actually, my husband's on my website, which is Foresight, www.foresight, F-O-R-E-S-I-G-H-T, your, Y-O-U-R, psychic, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C, dot com. And we also have a, a blog, um, Foresight, your CT, which is short for Connecticut, psychic, dot wordpress, dot com where we've got lots of information about where you can find us, but also lots of free articles on metaphysical stuff. Uh, The theme is practical skills for living in a metaphysical world. So things about how to do shields, how to ground out negative energy, um, how to use a pendulum, all kinds of funkiness. Um, And it's all free. Um, So, And there's on the website, there's also a link to our Lulu page as well, or my Lulu page as well. Okay, and I was actually right. in Connecticut for Thanksgiving for a week. Oh, were you? Were you? Yeah, New Brantford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, near Yale. One of my relatives oh, yeah. is a teacher at Yale University. Oh, actually. you're not you're not too far from us. We're in Wallingford. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Catherine. My or pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Catherine, and. Hopefully next time I'm on, my voice will be back. <laughs> I hope I hope so. I I shot you a little reiki during the during the uh, the show, so make sure you drink water because when you're clearing out um, toxins from um, colds or or any kind of bug or injury, it's a lot easier if you drink water because that'll carry the, carry the negative stuff away with it. Ah yes yes. Well, you're probably doing a lot that, of work like with me actually. I don't like to assume. Um, so, yeah. You don't like what? I don't like to assume that because I was taught this, that other people teach the same thing. I know different lineages teach different things. 
That's true. That's true. And speaking of which, mm-hmm. I think one of Susan Weed's recommendations to help with chronic fatigue would be a nettle infusion. I don't know if you've ever tried that. An infusion is like a really strong tea that you brew overnight using an herb. Uh, maybe you can just look it up. Maybe look it up soon. Oh, yeah, I can, I, can, I, can, I can look it up. I'll have to be careful, though. I have a lot of weird allergies. Oh, okay. So, that so, was from so, the- there are, so there are things that I have to watch out for that most most human beings don't have to. Oh, gosh, you're sensitive to lots of things then. <laughs> uh, not as many as I used to. I have an alternative allergist who's cleared up a lot of things. Um, Good. But I still, I, still, I still step carefully with things that I have not tried. Sure. Yeah. I just thought I'd suggest uh, it. I think oh, no, I, appreciate, I appreciate the input. Sure. So, anyway, thanks again. And when we post the archive, we'll post links. I think we have one of your links. Okay. Few more. Anyway, it's Catherine Kane and Practical, the Practical Empath. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Impossibility universe. You may have ever imagined. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic. Cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.